If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. Yes, I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email is always, my friends, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. As long as our friends at Facebook let us be there, which I've learned may be a minute-by-minute thing, but it's good to be here, folks, and thank you for joining us. You know, I am a little fired up here this morning. I'm just going to be candid about it. Fired up here behind the scenes. All sorts of things that uh, just uh, light my fire here this morning. But I want to start, I want to talk about this this campaign. I want to talk about what we've been subjected to, what we're about to be subjected to. We're going to talk about the reasons the Democrats have wanted to hide Biden in the basement, which we know. We know the reasons. In fact, he had a Biden had a gaffe. These aren't even gaffes. This is not, that is not the correct way to say this. And folks, as you know, for those of you that watch this or, well, you can watch on Facebook, got a face for radio, but you can watch on Facebook. But for those of you who have followed this program, you know, I mean, look, we have, we have fun on here. We, uh, but I, I don't like what's happening. I really don't. This is a hundred percent just transparent. I, I don't like talking about Biden and uh, I don't want to, again, they're not gaffes. These are not gaffes. Gaffes are when you have a slip of the tongue. Gaffes are um, when you, I don't know, you use the wrong name to reference someone that you're speaking about, for example. Just a mistake. A gaff is you know, saying something, I guess, that's not politically acceptable or in political speech. You know, <gasps> he said it that way. You're not supposed to say that. That's a gaff. What Biden does now is not gaff. Is not a gaff. It wasn't a gaff, for example, to tell Charlemagne the God, whatever that's supposed to mean. It wasn't a gaff to say. Black people aren't really black if they vote for Trump. That's not a gaffe. That is just a bad, stupid thing to say. That's what that is. See, a gaffe, I just looked this up as I was talking here. Didn't do this until now. An unintentional act or remark causing embarrassment to its originator. A blunder. 
an unintentional. See, what, that's what Biden thought. It's not unintended. This, this is what I mean. And this is what we're about to see more of. And this is why the Democrats have been terrified. And this is why they want him hidden in the basement. And this is why they don't want debates. They act like, oh, yeah, man, Biden is fired up. Biden is counting down the days. I see when the first debate is. We're going to start counting down the days. But, but Biden is counting down the days, man, so, so he can get Trump on that stage and just show him what's up. <laughs> That's what we're supposed to believe. Give me a break. You can't be serious. There's no way on this planet, even through the, through, through the, through the lens that the radical left chooses to look at the world, the lens that is not based and rooted in reality or common sense doesn't take into account what human nature really is. Even even that broken and convoluted lens, there's no way, there's no way that a single rational human being on this planet believes that Joe Biden is eagerly anticipating the time he gets to share the debate stage with Donald J. Trump. That is that is completely and utterly absurd. 100% completely, utterly, ridiculously absurd. No way in the universe. No way. And so these comments that he's making are not gaffes. They are not gaffes. I go back in time to the... 2000, I don't know, was it 2000? It was early 2000s when he said, you can't go in to a Dunkin' Donuts or a, <laughs> or a 7-Eleven without a slight Indian accent. I'm serious, he says. He's serious about that. If you follow the words, if you say something and then you follow it with the words, I'm serious, that by definition is not a gaffe. Maybe it's an attempt at humor. It's not something that's politically acceptable humor. I don't know what he's trying to get at. I don't know the need to feel, you know, why he felt the need to say that to a Indian American who was talking to him on the campaign trail. Just think about that. He meets an Indian American and he says, hey, you know what? I know what I want to say to you. I want to tell you that I know where there's a lot of Indian Americans and that's Joe Biden's words, not mine. That's at the 7-Eleven and the Dunkin' Donuts. I'm serious. That's what he says. You can't go in there even. In fact, there's so many in there, you cannot go in there without a slight Indian accent is what he says. Those are not gaffes. That, that is just what the guy wants to say. So I want to get to what he said. Um, I think this – I guess this was yesterday. I guess this was yesterday. Um, it's just it's just the gaff. It's just the – it's not, it's not a gaff. It's just the – I don't know how to describe this. This is just well, it's it's just the way Biden is now communicating, and just just we've let him out of the basement. Or they've let him out of the basement. They've just kind of cracked the door open. They let him. They let him run out there for a limited time in front of the cameras, and then they bring him back in, bring him back in before dinner time. And this is it's Monday. I'm looking right now at the yeah. Here he is. Oh my gosh, they got circled, whatever. But I want you to listen to this. This is this is what they think is going to destroy Trump on the debate stage. Just listen to this. And again, I don't take joy in this. I just it makes me uncomfortable because I think there's quite potentially something something else going on here. And I I don't but but 
we're going to put all that aside and we're just going to say this is their guy and Trump's the Republican guy. And they want us to believe that he is licking his chops to get on the debate stage with Donald J. Trump. Here, listen, listen, listen to this. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. More lives this year than any other year for the past 100 years. Folks, what on earth? I've noticed, too, when he has these, and again, I don't make any pleasure in this. This is going to be, I just want to talk about this seriously for a second. When he has these moments where he doesn't know what to say, he uses the phrase, think about it, or you know the thing, or you know what I mean, or he also says, I don't even want to, you know, don't, don't get me started. Something like that. I've seen him do that that several times. When he starts to, to try to ramp up on an attack against his opponent, Trump, and he, he, the words aren't there. He knows he's trained to to launch into that attack mode. He's been taught. He's been in those meetings. Okay, Joe, whenever you see an opportunity with the media – you have to say this sort of thing. You just attack Trump. Remind people how evil Trump is. Remind people that Trump is a dictator. Remind people that Trump, in your distorted worldview, shouldn't say that to you, Joe, because you might say, my, in my distorted worldview on the stage. But you need to attack, attack, attack. Blame him for everything. Blame. If, it, if there's something bad that's happened, COVID, or something bad that's happened in a city run by a Democrat, blame Trump. Just blame him. If, a, if, if an Antifa member, if a Biden supporter shoots a Trump supporter, which has happened, God forbid, terrible stuff, but if it happens, blame Trump for it. Blame Trump. Violence, blame Trump. Not enough people, you know, uh, avoiding or surviving coronavirus, blame Trump. Blame Trump. Trump's a Nazi. Trump's a fascist. That's really all you have to do. When you get in a bad situation, just say my opponent, you know, he's a reprehensible human being. The, the he's he's nowhere near having the dignity and the uh, you know, the he doesn't bring the 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 dignity necessary to be president of the United States. He's a disgrace to all Americans. There's never been a more divisive time in history. That's what you're supposed to say. But he can't he can't do it. He wants to do it. He's trying to set it up to do it. He was trying to do that here, trying to tell us about how many people died from COVID. And I'm going to read this to you. It says this. Um, well, I'm going to read part of this to you. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just when you think about it. More lives this year than any other year for the past hundred years. The world is he talking about? It's coronavirus. It's a new strain of a virus. He's pointing out that it's killed more people. More, well, I guess more lives this year than any other year for the past hundred years. Well, Joe, it wasn't around for the other ninety-nine years out of the hundred years. What are you talking about? But again, it's it's just it's remarkable. 
It's remarkable what we see, and we're going to see this more. We're going to see this more. We're going to see this regularly, as regularly as they have to make it. You know, they're back there making behind closed doors. They're calculating things right now. How long can we let Joe speak before we run into a situation where, you know, he's not able, you know, to to make sense anymore until we have these sorts of sentences? I understand getting off track. I understand that. I do this every day for two hours. There's times I got to pause, think what I want to say. Pretty sure I've never said anything remotely as pathetic as that last sentence or run-on sentence or paragraph or whatever that is, except for when I'm reading a Joe Biden transcript. Here's what it says again. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just when you think about it. More lives this year than any other year for the past 100 years. Uh, okay, I have no idea. I, I think he's saying it's killed more people this year than ever before. You know what? He should even add to that. He should say COVID has killed more people in two, uh, 2020 than all the other years in the history of, of life on planet Earth. I mean, that's just go for the gusto, Joe. Just just throw it out there. I mean, this this is really bad stuff. And they want you to think this guy's just rubbing his hands together, licking his chops. Man, I can't wait to get Trump up there on the debate. Baloney. Baloney. They're trying to hide you. They don't want you on the debate stage. Forget about you standing up there waiting for Trump to come up. They want. They don't want you anywhere near that thing because we're going to see more of this. It's just – it's unavoidable. And again, the 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 there's a – Part of me that just it's it's sad to see this happen because there's something else. This is more than just somebody losing track of their their train of thought or whatever. This is somebody who's just having problems um, communicating verbally, communicating verbally, and that's I mean he's applying for the job that requires constant verbal communication. You factor this in with the poll that we cited yesterday, 24% of black voters now approve of President Trump's job performance, 60% more than the normal, than, than what it was before the convention, which was 15%. It raised nine percentage points, but that that represents a 60% change when they gained those nine percentage points. 60% positive change. And so you factor that in. That's why they're going to talk more about racism, systemic racism. They're going to try to get us focused on the the narrative of violence, the narrative that the NBA, the political organization, the NBA, which I could care I literally care zero about now. I have no I have no interest in this. But they are using whatever's left of their platform to try to carry this narrative. It's, it's anything but Joe Biden. We want the attention. They want the attention on anything but their candidate. And they're going to try. And they, it doesn't matter. They're, they're happy for it to be focused on this violence that they can somehow try to blame Trump for. It's sad. It's not what, it's not what good, decent human beings do. Talk about divis- divisiveness, trying to divide America. What about actually allowing this stuff to happen? 
not just people to have disagreements, but for people to be justified. I saw a murder. I think a, a murderer the other day said he targeted a white guy because he felt he he had to do that. A black a black guy targeting a white guy because he had to do that because you know because of race. I guess who puts these thoughts in people's heads? They want you to think it's Trump. It's ridiculous. My wife last night she was riled up. She's she was asking. I'm trying to think of, you know, trying to look at how they, they view this. Who in their right mind thinks that Trump's, you know, wanting, stirring up this violence and hatred and vitriol? It's a fair question for the objective-minded, but the problem is most people, many people, I should say many, are not objectively-minded. They've got their minds made up. Ugh, Trump, got to be a racist. Ugh, Trump, got to be an insider of violence. Ooh, yuck, I don't like that. I'm fired up about something. Don't know why Trump or the media tells me Trump should should get me fired up, so I better go out to the streets and protest and, and you know, the, the extreme folks riot and burn stuff down. It's where we are today. And when you think about it, it's, it's, it's remarkable that they would rather the narrative be focused on that stuff than they would to be their candidate. So it's clear, if anyone asks you today why you say, you know, Biden, there's there's no message to vote for Biden. It's only Trump. Just point this out. They'd rather literally talk about burning cities down and how that's Trump's fault than actually to tell us what is good about their candidate. <sighs> I got to take a break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. I'm starting to think that this whole narrative and the circumstances that we find ourselves in are beginning to spin out of control for the radical left, for the campaign, and for the media. They have spent so much time, so much time trying to invest in unrest, in divisiveness, in uh, just what chaos they've spent the entire Trump campaign investing in this and now they're starting to reap they're starting to reap the I guess you could say the fruit or you could say the consequence of their labor and we talk about you know the, the law of the harvest right I mean there's a law of the harvest when God created this Universe, you know, he talked about, Jesus talked about reaping what we sow, right? Reaping what we sow. So if you can envision uh, someone casting seeds in a field or what have you, a farmer planting with his equipment in 2020 or some, you know, farmer from antiquity casting seed by hand, whatever this looks like in your mind. You reap what you sow. You don't go out there and plant seeds of corn and get banana trees. You don't go out there and, you know, plant some cabbage and get, I don't know, um, a green pepper. 
It's not how this works. Now, if it, if it does work that way, it's because the person who put the seeds in the bag gave you the wrong seed. You still got what you planted, may have had the wrong label on it, but if it's legitimately the seed of a certain plant, that is what you're going to get. So who's been planting the seeds? They want you to believe that Trump is planting the seeds. Folks, I, I'm i going to say Trump, will, Trump fights back. Trump is not afraid of fighting in the high ground or in the gutter. But Trump's not the one who started this. This has been a deliberate effort since the day they dried their tears. It is. It's been a deliberate effort. And they consciously decided we are going to do whatever it takes. Underline whatever it takes. Put it in air quotes, parentheses, whatever. They are going to do whatever it takes to prevent a repeat of 2016. And every day that goes by, and they start to realize, I, I just saw J.P. Morgan. Or I, I just saw this on Fox, maybe. I don't know. J.P. Morgan. There's a uh, an individual there who said, it's Marco Kalanovich, I believe is how you pronounce the name. Um, he said that public perception of the protests... This is according to an article at Fox Business. Um, public perception of the protests have been broken out into various uh, that have broken out in various cities could be an important factor in the race. Democrats could see up to 10, 10 points, he says, shifted to re, to the Republican side if public perception of the protests sour and the demonstrations begin to be seen as more violent than peaceful. This what we're witnessing is the seed is the the harvest of what was scattered by the media by the by the leaders of the Democrat party certain leaders cuz when they first started sowing seed folks they were so desperate they just they were grabbing handfuls of this stuff and just you know heaving it left and right tossing it around like it was like they were playing baseball in the backyard now i know you have a vision of obama it wasn't Obama throwing that opening pitch in his mom jeans. But that's that's not – well, that might have been how they were throwing it. I don't know. But they were heaving this stuff left and right all over the place, sowing discord, discontent. Remember, they, they wanted to impeach President Trump. They wanted to impeach. There were, there were public calls to impeach him. I found as early as 11 days into his candidacy. Now, they wanted to impeach him. It was their plan to impeach him on day you know, number zero. As soon as they dried their tears, and I mean that, as soon as they dried their tears, Maxine Waters may have smacked him around and said, look, we got to get this, we got to stop this guy. This guy's not a normal politician. This guy's not going to succumb to the normal way of doing things. We have to attack him. We have to destroy him. We have to malign him. We have to go after him with everything we've got. We cannot rest on this. We have to start immediately talking about impeachment. We have to make it sound like this guy is the worst president since the idea of president, since the word president was first uttered by our founders. We need to make people believe that this guy is truly the scourge of the planet, that he's the second coming of Adolf Hitler. That's what we need people to believe. And so they went headlong into that, casting. This is, the se- this is what they've been casting. Don't let them point to Trump and blame him for this. I've long been a proponent. You know, when I was 
when I was, uh, I've, I've served on the school board for a while. I don't know if this is the case now where I served. There, there was zero tolerance policy on uh, when it came to fighting. And I have to tell you, and this is a little old school for some people, but I, I don't look at it that way. How do, you, how do you hold someone accountable who's walking down the hallway, the same level of, of accountability, who's walking down the hallway, who gets punched you know, out of the clear blue sky by some aggressor, then there's a fight that ensues. The person who got punched fights back just to protect him or herself. If there's a zero tolerance policy, they both face the same consequence. In what universe does that make sense? I understand that we've got people, oh, we got legalities, we've got we gotta make sure that we, you know, just just try to stop it altogether. Well, you know what? That's just completely not the way that the world works. The idea that you're responsible if you get punched. If you throw a punch back, that's ridiculous. Sometimes a punch is necessary to stop another punch from coming at you. Should you just sit there and take it? And that's the situation that we've got. We've got Trump, who's been metaphorically jumped in the hallway, except for he was jumped not by one person, by by hundreds, by hundreds. And there's been a metaphorical, metaphorical fistfight going on out there in the hallways. Principals are running up, punches are still flying, they break them up, and then someone comes in and you know tries to kick Trump from behind. Trump turns around and wallops them up the side of the head. <laughs> this is what we're dealing with. And, and then they have the audacity to say Trump's the one that's causing a fight to break out in the school. Because everybody in there, everybody in there that dislikes Trump has justified it in their mind that whatever action they take is justifiable. And there's people out there that are nodding in agreement with us, or perhaps even worse. No, it's not worse, but it's, I tell you what, it's just as much of a problem are people who say, well, what are we supposed to do about this? What do you mean, what are we supposed to do about this? Are we supposed to let these folks who believe that violence is the key, should we just like capitulate to them? No, no way. We've got to stop this. We have to stop this. We have to stop it in Kenosha. We have to stop it in Seattle. We've got to stop it in Portland. And these wimpy governors and wimpy mayors are pointing at Trump, blaming Trump, literally, for problems that are happening in their own cities and states. Governor Evers is saying Trump can't come to his his state. Trump says, watch me, I'm coming. Free country, buddy. Better get ready for what I'm about to say, too, because I'm probably going to lay into you (laughs) when when I take the podium. Buckle up. And I'm coming to Portland. You're waiting for the Portland announcement. Oh my goodness, can you imagine that? They'd have to, they'd have to prepare like it was the, uh, you know, how, how they protect the Pope. I mean, they'd have to put like, he'd have to be in a bubble, in a in a cube, walking through that place. And I'm sure someone would justify it. This is this is what we've gotten. We have gotten to the point because of the media, because of their lawlessness, because of the seeds of discord and hatred and division that they've sown and the media, excuse me, and the Democrat Party. We've gotten to the point now where they have stirred up so much hatred and animosity that folks are justifying their behaviors. You want to talk about wide scale problems. This when you start seeing people justify the actions of others because they've been in the minority for a certain amount of time or for whatever reason slavery existed 400 years ago or you know the, that's when slavery began that justifies an action it's crazy where we've gotten and it's happened 
pretty much in the blink of an eye. Pretty much in the blink of an eye. But I think they've overdealt, overplayed their hand, and I think they know it, and I think they're scared. And who do they have to save the day? Joe Biden. Folks, it is a train wreck over there. I got to take a break. Long in this segment, you're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. So we've got, in the wake of this mess, in the wake of this harvest that's being reaped, this harvest that's that's coming in from what we've seen sown by the radical left, by the Democrat Party, Democrat Party, we've got we've got legitimately real life people that are not not some anecdote, not some. Um, parable, real people who are dying over this. Did you see this? Fox News, Portland, fatal shooting victim's friend. Quote, they executed my partner. They hunted him down. This is the man. This is a friend of the man who was gunned down Saturday in Portland. This is in the Fox News article. Amid a riot, um, who said he was executed. His friend says he was executed and hunted down for his conservative views. Chandler Pappas told the Common Sense Conservative show that he was with Aaron J. Danielson, the shooting victim identified by Patriot Prayer founder Joey Gibson as part of the right-wing group, writes Fox News in downtown Portland on Saturday. A massive uh, pro-Trump caravan drove through the city as counter-protesters gathered for the 95th consecutive day to voice anger over police brutality and racial injustice. The two groups quickly clashed in intense confrontations that escalated into violence. We have a First Amendment in this country, Pappas told the news site, and for Whatever reason, there seems to be this opposition that thinks we can't do that. They have been attacking us for years, really for decades in the grand scheme of things, but very heavily in Portland. He's right about that. Portland is – I mean Portland – look, as I, I'm a pretty hopeful guy. I'm, a, I'm, I'm just pretty optimistic about things. But Portland, folks, barring something remarkable – Barring something like a revival in the city of Portland, Oregon, that city is hopeless with what's going on. It's hopeless with the ideology, the the cancerous ideology that's taken root in that city. But his friend is saying here, his friend is saying they executed and hunt, they hunted down and executed my partner because of his conservative beliefs. This is becoming justifiable in the minds of the radical left. It's no longer different viewpoints and we're trying to debate and argue and fight over them. It's now, it's now to the point where some believe that their viewpoint is so superior to anyone else's, that they are justified in using literal violence, literal 
violence to the point of causing death. And that's what we're seeing in places like Portland. In places like Portland. This is this is going to be more of a problem when you stir up this level of hatred and animosity. And that's, again, what they've done, going back to the beginning. Going back to the beginning of Trump, this was their strategy. I think it's gotten, I think they've gotten out of control of the narrative is what I think. They're tr- going to try to rein this thing in, but how? How on earth? We haven't even talked about Jacob Blake this, uh, this week. But just the, the information that we know about that. In fact, I can even share with you all the other places thought about this a little bit but all the other places that um, a, a decision could have been made a better decision a good decision could have been made that would have prevented the cops from ever even having to encounter jacob blake that morning and they paint him out to be a martyr they paint they they paint him and this tragic i don't like to say this stuff but just from what we've seen there's a whole lot more to this story to what LeBron James wants you to believe. Maybe what LeBron James knows. I don't know. Remember LeBron James said, I just read this yesterday. I'd seen this before, but I'd forgotten this. They're literally out there every day hunting us down in the streets. That's what he said on social media back in, I think it was in May. So this this fit the narrative. They shot him in the back. But when you see the full, when you see the clip, when you understand what was happening, when you understand the background... There's about, I mean, there's multiple other places along the way that a better, a good decision could have been made that would have prevented the police from ever having to be there. But now now it's so much bigger than just that. From a tragic situation where someone's shot in the back, which again, I'm, it clearly looks like there's reason to believe, uh, to understand why it got to that point from the officer's perspective. Again, this who knows? That's the whole there's a reason that we have a system of justice and not just show people a video in common uh common everyday society and then just say everybody make up their mind and you know, let's carry out justice on the spot. That's not the way that it's supposed to work. But I mean it's definitely some things we can pick up from that video and from what happened and so forth. But anyway, this chaos uh, I think has gotten out of control for the left. And now they don't have a candidate that can rally them to say, hey, vote for me. I'm more than just uh, someone who's not Trump. Can't even articulate things coherently in many cases. And again, I take no joy in saying that. But nonetheless, I think that's that's a very objective take of reality here as we enter into the final stretch of this election. So, folks, i got to take a break. Come back, wrap up hour number one. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So, I do want to talk about Jacob Blake. We'll do that next hour as we're getting to the end of uh, for the first hour here. End of the first hour. But the Democrats, folks, have a massive problem on their hands. They do. They have a massive, tremendous problem on their hands. They have, they have stirred up this 
pot of dissension, division, hatred, pure rage. Pure rage. And it's almost as though they're realizing now they've lost control of this. Because now they're seeing that this is actually helping, surprisingly, shockingly. These folks are so blinded by their own rage and desires to see Trump out of the out of out of the White House that they can't see. They couldn't have predicted that people would have eventually reached the point where they've had enough of this. They've had enough of this in the NBA. They've had enough of this in the streets of Kenosha. They've had enough of this in the streets of Portland. They've had enough of this in the People's Republic of Chas. They've had enough of this in Washington, D.C. and in Chicago. They've simply had enough. We've had enough. To the point to where people are fearful of their own, you know, of of being harmed for doing nothing, for being, I don't know, conservative, Republican, Trump supporter. I referenced the case earlier where the the black this black individual targeted a white guy. Look, it's wrong both ways. I, it's just remarkable to me. If it happens one direction, wrong. If it happens the other direction, wrong. I mean, this, these, these are not complicated matters. But it's almost as li- almost like they are excusing it or it's not as big of a deal if it happens to people who politically disagree with them or whatever. And it's just it's reprehensible. That's evil. If that's your ideology, I encourage you to step to an ideology that does not embrace such moral depravity. This ideology that I embrace does not call for that against anyone. The ideology says we should protect ourselves. We should be able to do that using any means necessary to protect our our lives, our families' lives, but not as an act of aggression, as an act of defense. It's a big difference there. We've got some out there now who are basically arguing that any act of aggression against some people is justified because of whatever, systemic problem, racial problem, whatever. You're intrinsically racist because you're white. This is the kind of stuff we're hearing from one side of the aisle. It's gone too far. They're in trouble. Meanwhile, you got Trump saying, I want law, order, I want this stuff to stop. These mayors, these governors better get it together. Yet they still blame Trump. Remarkable. This is going to fall apart at the seams. I have to take a break. Come back and wrap up. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Many of you may be realizing that we've reached the point where at the end of the program, and you may, you know, I I try to put myself in your shoes. This is a tough, tough moment in time. But did you know that you can continue listening to this program on YouTube? You can do that. You can do that today. All you got to do is jump over to YouTube. We'll be there in the next, I don't know, five minutes or so. Just search for The Todd Huff Show and boom, there we will be. You'll be able to see that, yes, I do have, in fact, a face for radio It has no business on a YouTube channel, but nonetheless, that's where you'll find it here in the next couple of minutes. So we'll continue these conversations there. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. SDGC in a minute. Take care.